0: Well, good morning, again. Um, my name is Derek. If you're really here in person or listening online, like I've always like I always say, I will say it a lot. I'm like really amazed about how uh, many countries that people are actually listening to. Just know that, you know, I think just this week we had like um, 200 and something views, and most of those came from other countries. So I'm kind of like what the world is going on here, you know, and so that always amazes me, but thank you guys for listening online, thank you guys for being here this morning to worship with us. My name is Derek, and I have the great opportunity to be the pastor here, and we've been in this series, um, we're in the middle of the series, week three of a series, um, that we've titled Weird, okay, because let's just be honest, sometimes there's things inside of our, our belief that sometimes can just be straight up kind of weird, right? And so what we've been talking about, if we were honest, is that, you know, we've been talking a little bit about miracles and um, whatever that miracle may be in your life. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's just God intervening in a situation, whatever the case may be. Um, but here's the thing. Like we, we said that if, if we lived back during the period when Jesus did his, his miracles, did his work, we would, if we were there, we would have been like, man, this is a little bit weird, right? I mean, you rose a dead person to life. That is flipping weird, okay? Or maybe, or maybe it's like, oh, you walked, you walked on water, like, kind of stuff, all right? Weird stuff, but let's just be honest. People come to us sometimes, and when they're like, hey, listen to what God did. Listen listen to how God intervened in my life. Listen to how he healed me of cancer. Listen to how he intervened in the situation with my, with my spouse, and you're just like, yeah, that's great, and then in the back of your mind, you're going, Man, that's a little weird because it doesn't. that square block doesn't fit in the round hole, right? Like it seems a little weird. It's unnatural for that to happen. So we've talked about faith and doubt, like how can they both exist in the same place, right? And how it's okay, right? Just like the Father said in that first week, he goes, Lord, I believe, I believe you're able, I believe you can do it, but Lord, please help my unbelief. That's really what this whole series is about of, you know, just in my, own, in my own way of doubting that God still works that way, but knowing that he's able. Like hearing, me hearing all these stories of how God has intervened in somebody's life, and I'm going, that is awesome, that's amazing, but then I get in my car going, man, was that really real, or is that some sort of fabrication? But what would happen if we said, you know what, we're going to let go of all that and just say, God, if you can move, do it. it might, even if it's weird, God intervene in my life, and I've we've, I've shared some stories the last couple weeks. But here's what we've said: is that these miracles that we read about in the Bible aren't just cool stories, or just cool made-up stories, or just things that Jesus did then. But maybe they're a shadow of what God wants to do in your life today, right? Maybe it's just a it's just a shadow of what he has for you. And what we said was that we we don't we we want to be open to the fact that maybe he can make your impossible possible. That maybe he wants to do something new in you. And 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 what we did was we we held on to this one passage in the Old Testament that I that I love. And it's Habakkuk one five, and it says this: The Lord replied, "Look around at the nations. Look and be amazed." For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. That's where I was. Someone would tell me about it, and I'd be like, yeah, right. But what if, I'm, what if we approached this with our eyes open? What if we looked around to see what God was doing in the lives of people around us? Maybe we stand there and be amazed. Maybe he do something so big that only he could get the credit for it, no matter how weird it is. Okay? And what I'm going to do today is... Um, I want to talk about a story of a man who for 38 years at his norm had his routine. He did something for 38 years every day, the same thing every single day. And so what I'm going to title this sermon this morning is what God wants to do in you is this, is that he wants us to break the norm. Anybody have any routines that they do every morning? Okay. Get up. I ain't going to tell you everything I do in the morning because be kind of gross. But, you know, I have a routine in the morning. I get up. Might do some push-ups. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. But, I mean, we all have a routine, right? And it, how many of y'all hate when that routine gets interrupted? Like, um, I ride the bus when schools and session. I ride a bus in the morning. Make a little couple extra hundred bucks a month. And um, I have to be at... Kroger's parking lot for them to pick me up by 7.15, okay? Well, there's a couple weeks that I was like, every morning I was like waking up at like 7 o'clock. And this is on top of getting the kids to school, you know, because I had to drop them off here, couldn't let them in until 7 and be over there at 7.15. Well, I'd wake up at 7 o'clock going, holy crap. And Brittany's like, I ain't taking them to school, okay? I'm sleeping. I don't have to be at work until 10, you know? So it's like those times, like, I, like, you know, when you wake up late, you kind of feel like, Stress, like you're being pushed all day, uh, we hate that. What I want to do today is that maybe, even in our in our spiritual lives, there's a routine that we have that God wants us to break, just like He did is going to do in this man's life. So, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to to John five. If not, you can look up here on the screen. Okay, um, if you're really cool, you can pull out your phone and don't text nobody, but you can open it up online. But John 5 1 through 7 starting out says this. Afterward, Jesus returned Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Leave me here. Here's the deal. Like in the Jewish culture, you have to understand, Jesus every year would have went to Jerusalem, traveled to Jerusalem to practice these holy days. It was part of their religious law, and they would do that in him, you know, and he Jesus was in the Jewish faith at this moment. You have to understand that, okay? But it says that he returned. He on one of the days he he, on the Jewish holidays he was returning to Jerusalem. And number two, verse two, it says, inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Here's a cool thing: the five, number five, is the number of grace. And the only time you see the number five referred to in the Bible, it's called grace. Just let y'all know. Okay, five covered porches. In verse three. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, lay on the porches. And verse 5, one of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. Okay? And what we're going to find out in this story is that for 38 years, this man's been sick, laying beside this pool called Bethesda, because here's what they believe. They, there's, there's times when the water would be stirred. They, they believed an angel would do that. And they thought, man, if I could just get in the water first, if I was the first one to walk in the water after the angel touched the waters, then I would be healed. Okay? But imagine for 38 years, he's laid here waiting to get into the pool. Now, my question is, if he really wanted to be healed, would he have still been laying there 38 years later? I'm thinking maybe he liked his routine a little more than he wanted the healing in his life. He liked his normalcy a little more than he liked his, than he would like for him to be healed. For 38 years, this man has done the same thing he's always done, every day expecting a different outcome. Maybe if I just lay here one more day, my healing will come. Well, not if you're just going to lay there, do the same thing every day. So, here's if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If you want God to do a new thing you can't keep doing the same old thing. If you want God to do a new thing you can't keep doing the same old thing. You have to understand something, this is the definition of insanity, when you do the same thing over and over and over again expecting a different outcome, that's literally the definition of insanity. 38 years this man had laid there. That was his system. That was his routine. It was a little bit insane. Which leads to the second thing, if you're taking notes, is this. If you want to experience the miraculous, you need to unlearn every assumption you've ever made. This man assumed that if he had laid next to the pool you would be healed because that was the system that was the network that's what was the norm but see oftentimes if we relate that to ourselves like for me for example for 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 i've done i've been in ministry for almost 11 years now and i had some assumptions of what church would be like Right? How church should be done? How church should be ran? You have to have this, 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 and that's why, from the very beginning, we said, you know what? We don't want to be just like every other church. So I had to do what we call detox from church culture, because here's here's the problem inside of church culture: is this is that during a couple of years ago, more than a couple, a while back, there was this period called the Enlightenment era, and it was when scientific notions started coming around and science started saying some things that contradicted with the word of god and so the church felt like they had to close their doors and hide so a couple hundred years ago they said you know what you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna come up with the answers but we're not gonna go out here to the world we're gonna keep in our little boxes we're gonna keep in our four walls because we're scared of what's going on out there we don't have the answer so we need to figure out the answer and church has become more of an apologetic, not like I'm sorry, but apologetics as in being on the defense instead of the offense. Because in the end, we have victory, y'all. We fight from victory, not for victory. So the church has always just assumed, we've always had this assumption that church has to be within these four walls, under a steeple. It has to be ran by this system, if it's not Baptist, it ain't right. If it ain't Church of God, it ain't right. If it ain't Church of Christ, it ain't right. If it's not this, 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 it ain't right. We've operated inside of a system. We put God in a box. It was never the intent at all. And just like in this day, this Jew, these Jews, this Jewish system was not what God intended at all. You don't have to have all the answers. Like, I, just imagine, not too long after he called the disciples to follow him, what did he tell them to do? Go out and share what you've experienced. Well, what if we don't know the answers, Jesus? Well, you don't have to know the Just share what you've experienced with me. That's all we need. Now, is doctrine and theology important? Absolutely. Don't get me wrong on that. I love some doctrine. I love some theology. I love debate. If you ever want to debate, come to my house. thing on going to do it here. Okay? Like, I love that stuff. But there's, a, there's not, there's not the place for it. You're not going to argue anybody into heaven, but that's what the church has become. And during this time period, Jews would argue with people about what was right, how their systems were right. And if you didn't follow these set of rules, like God would give one rule, then they would make 600 rules to go along with it that we'll see about here in a minute. But we've got to let loose of all the assumptions that we've had that this is how God works. If God doesn't work in this, then it's wrong. That's not what God intended at all. John 5, 8 says this. Jesus told him, told this man, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So here's what we have to understand is that, that the slinging of, of his portable couch over his shoulders was designed to show the perfection of the cure. Here's what I mean, okay? His, yes, his ailment was cured. What, was, what, he, what he was sick from was cured. But what Jesus really did was heal him from his normal routine. Healed him from his average, habitual, repeatable norm or system. If you read a little bit more into the story, he asked, Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? And he's like, like, what kind of question is that? Of course I want to be healed. What are you talking about? But the real question was, did he want to really be healed? Did he want to break what was normal to him? Because this is all he knew for 38 years. The system, his 38-year norm, was blinding him from the miracle that was standing right in front of him. So my question is, what routine is Christ compelling you to let go of today? That's hindering you from seeing what God wants for your life. Maybe your breakthrough, maybe your miracle is just on the other side of you letting go of what you think and what you assume is right. Let me show you what I mean. John 5, 9 and 10 says this. Instantly, I love that word, instantly the man was healed. He wrote up his sleeping mat and began began walking. This miracle happened on the what? The Sabbath. Happened on the Sabbath listen to this so the jewish leaders objected they said the man who was cured who you can't said to the man who was cured you can't work on the sabbath the law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat i just think about this for a minute their system said their system said, you can't do this, that God doesn't operate in this way. But we know Jesus, you know, being God, he just did. He did something outside of their square, blo- square box. He did something that was opposite of what they believed God would do. And we'll see why here in a second. But there's two truths that I want you to see here. When you break the norm, just like this man broke the norm, the people trapped in the system will discredit it. Like they will discredit your miracle. God doesn't operate that way. God won't do that. No, 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 no. God doesn't work that way. Or maybe you've experienced it to where where you said, listen to how God intervened in my life, and there are a lot, and then so that person goes, yeah, that's great that happened, but God doesn't do that. So that miracle isn't legit because God doesn't operate. That's basically what, like, they denied this miracle took place even though he laid there for 38 years, not been able to move. They're like, no, we're going, we're going to deny this miracle happened. We object to you being healed on the Sabbath. Come back tomorrow. When we can do it the way that God had for it. Made the way our, what we think the system is worked for it. But here's the thing. People will deny your miracle but you better believe that weird thing that happened in your life is true. Because that miracle was for you. God did that for you. And here's the number two thing that we, I want you to see from this. They will say according to their system God doesn't work that way. They were trapped by their law, their system. But in reality, it was their failure to understand the law that was given. See, here's what I love. Hebrew, Hebrews, uh, in the book of Hebrews, it says that the law was given to show that we couldn't meet up to the standards of God. So here you have to understand, during this whole Old Testament period, it was just to show, like, no matter what you do, it wasn't good enough to meet, to get to meet. But see, they took it as in, hey, this, if we don't do this, we're not going to get close to God. You have to do sacrificial systems everywhere. We have to keep bringing that. And they missed the point that Jesus was that sacrificial lamb that was coming. They wanted to keep in their routine. If it wasn't part of their routine, then, then, then it wasn't true. Because here, Here's what I mean, especially in, in regards to what's happening in the story is Mar- in Mark... You may have to look this up real quick for me. Mark two twenty-seven. I must have forgot to put that in the computer notes back there. It says, then Jesus, and this is Mark two twenty-seven. It says this, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to, made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the needs of requirements of the Sabbath. Basically, it's this idea here in this story that the Sa- basically there's one version that says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. See, the Sabbath was set up so that we could take time to reflect on who God is as our Father, not the other way around. So what they would do was, oh, well, they, the law was, oh, you can't work on the Sabbath take time to rest on the Sabbath, reflect on the Sabbath, what these Jewish leaders would do was, you know what? If you, you can take 1,999 steps, but as soon as you take that 2,000 step, you're sinning because you're working. Oh, you can leave your house, but you have to tie a string to yourself, and you can only go as far as that string. God gave them this one rule to reflect on who God was, and they made hundreds more. And just like our churches who have said, including sometimes even myself, I've said, God doesn't work that way. He's not going to do that because that's not, who, that's not how he is. Forgetting the fact that maybe I'm just being like these religious leaders of the time, adding more on, the, on people than what God really intended to at the beginning. Sabbath was made for man to reflect on God. So my question is, what are you holding back on? What are you holding God back from this morning, from doing in your life? What if I told you he wants to interrupt your system? He will to interrupt your norm. He wants to break your norm because he knows for the miracle to happen in your life, just like for this guy, he's going to have to do something that he has never done in 38 years. He has to break his norm. He has to stand up instead of just lay there. I get, when I was, I was studying for this, I, most of y'all know Dad's not here this morning. And I was thinking about this the other day when I was preparing this. Is A couple of weeks ago, he stayed home because he had a little cold. You know how men are. They get a cold, they act like they have the most worst flu ever, right? Lay in bed. Well, Dad laid in bed, doing the same thing for like two weeks, wasn't it, Justin? Two weeks. I'm going to lay in bed for two weeks, and and he's laying there doing the same thing every day, just laying there, not getting any better, and he ended up this week finding out he has pneumonia. I'm wondering what would have happened if Dad would have broke his norm. What if Dad would have broke his routine and got up would he, have, would he have had pneumonia today? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But maybe he wouldn't have. Maybe just like Dad, a lot of us in our spiritual lives are just laying there doing the same old thing, following a system that God never put in place to begin with. Holding God back from the miracle that he's wanting to do. Are you willing to break the norm? So the question becomes... How do we respond to people who say that God doesn't work that way? And here's what it says in John 5:11 that this guy did. John 5:11. But he replied, "The man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk." We just do what he told us to do that's how we respond we pick it up we go we break the norm we get out of our system how does that work there how did God heal that situation in your life I don't know I mean I don't know how how does a person get pneumonia from just laying there for two weeks I don't know how's God gonna operate in your life How is God going to heal your marriage? How is God going to do that? I don't understand how he did that for you. Like, how did he heal your cancer? You said you had cancer last week, but you showed up to the doctor today, and they said the cancer's gone, because here's, listen, when God speaks, cancer has to listen. When God speaks, Satan has to bow. God speaks addiction has to fall when God speaks into somebody's life marriage has got to be healed how they may say how how, how did you like I saw you last week y'all drugged out how are you whole this week how God, well, how, God doesn't work like that God doesn't heal a marriage. God doesn't do that. Do stuff like that. How? And I'm telling you, I don't like how I would respond is, I don't know how, but I know who. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. I don't know how. I don't know the how, but I know who. And the who told me to pick my mat up and go. The who told me to fight for my marriage, so that's what I did. The who told me to put that syringe down, so I did it. you can talk about how all you want to but I'm going to talk about who I told this story a couple weeks ago but I'm going to share it again seven years old mom praying for a miracle not my mom I was seven, mom praying for a miracle that miracle was to see my dad get back in church right remember me telling you the story Do whatever it takes, God. Do whatever it takes. It means, it's my mom talking, taking my arm, taking my voice. Growing up, sometimes when mom would yell at us, it would be nice, I forgot to take her voice. (laughs) Take my voice. Do whatever you have to do to me, God, to get coy back in church. And a couple weeks later, my dad sees me get hit by a car. I was really flexible, did some, flips in the air and landed head first in the ditch busted my head open had plastic surgery, not really but had to peel my face off to repair my skull that's why it looks so good today I should have died right there in that ditch so don't tell me that a miracle can't happen I often tell Satan, you should have killed me when you had the chance because I'm charging you with a water pistol, okay? How did God... I know the doctors repaired your skull. Doctors are the ones that healed you, Dick. I don't know how God did it. I can tell you God created the mind and created the hands that those doctors used. How did he do that? I don't know. I just know who... He said, Derek, you're not dying today. i got a plan for you. Just like he's looking at all of you and going, hey, listen, I'm not not wanting to hold back this miracle from you. I just need you to get out of that system that you found yourself in. Get out of that that norm. Break the norm. Do something different. Do something that's life-changing. Break the norm. of ourselves so we don't know how do we I don't know how I'm going to get to next month I don't know how the things that I'm struggling with i going to let go but I do know who holds the power just in his words to say it's over with so am I going to let go of the system that I found myself in just for 11-12 years of ministry 10-12 years of ministry I've had to let go of the system that I found myself in, what I believe God did. And just say, God, if you still work this way, show me. Even if it's weird. Make my impossible possible. I really need to find, maybe you're here and you're like, man, I really need to find a house. I need to move into a house. I need a place to live. My credit is shot. I have no money. I don't know how. Well, I'm telling you, I know who. I heard a pastor one time say, you go and watch around that house seven times and declare it's yours. Believe God for it. Maybe you have an addiction that you're trying to fight. Just lay it down and believe that the person who says, break that norm. I know it's a whole lot harder than that. I know. But maybe if we started believing that things can change, it will happen so Proverbs says so a man thinks he is maybe we start believing something different and we see God move in a way that we've never seen before maybe your marriage is on the rocks you're like God I don't know how to fix my marriage what's okay you know who But we've got to get out of the system. We've got, we can't just keep laying beside the pool of Bethesda, doing the same thing we've done yesterday and expect a different outcome. Maybe your miracle today is to break the norm. Do something different. Back at five, God wants to do something in your life today. God wants to do something in your life today that only he could get the credit for. Something that you will be amazed at. Something people wouldn't believe even if you told them. Because it might be a little weird to them. Because you're not doing what everybody else normally does. Alright? Everybody good? Any cries of outrage? Alright. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you so much for giving us an opportunity to be here this morning. God, I pray that as we as we leave here this, this, this morning, God, that maybe there's a system in our life that we're trying to follow that's hindering us from our breakthrough. And maybe just in the, in, in the middle here, when we're in the middle of our routine, you're sitting here going, just let go of that routine and watch what I can do. I want to do something new in you, but you've got to let that system go. May we do exactly what you tell us to do. May we pick up our map and go, even if it's against what everyone else says is right and wrong. May we follow you. As a dad, God, I pray that you allow me to lead them in that way. To break systems in my own kids' lives that hinder them from seeing you. Pray all of us as fathers that our fathers are fathers in here, we do that. God, one of them, God, I pray this a lot. I'm gonna pray it again. God, if don't let me be the system that hinders my kids from seeing you move. God, if you want to take them to dangerous places for your glory, for your name to be known, take them, God. Take them there. I pray for all of our hearts that we just let go of those things that are hindering us, those systems that are hindering us, that those norms that are hindering us from you doing work. May we do something new today to see you move. In your name I pray. Amen. Hey, thank you guys.